Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Today we're going to focus on what this new podcast is about and the current scandal in the Catholic Church, Christ Church. So sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock, but don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained the art of one flesh divorce comeback coaching is the flavor of the day while helping men understand marriage and courting not dating in the catholic faith bam so please remember to share the podcast with someone needing it in their marriage and relationship. And if you are listening to this on iTunes, please rate us. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com and to get new episodes in your email. Now, let's get started. So, as usual, we're going to do our quote of the day. So, quote of the day, quote, when a man loves a woman, he has to be worthy of her. The higher her virtue, the more noble her character, the more devoted she is to truth, justice, goodness, the more a man has to aspire to be worthy of her. The history of civilization could actually be written in terms of the level of its women, end quote. Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, life is worth living. So what we're going to do um, again, just like in episode one, and if you didn't listen to episode one, um, please do because it's really in-depth and it shows you a lot what the show is about. But what we're going to do in this uh, in this uh, episode is we're going to go over uh, uh, why I do this, um, certain things of like what the show's about and all that. I'm going to cover all that again, but in a shorter, shorter, um, shorter, shorter term. So why do I do this? My story. So as I said in episode one, I'm going to do this in my story in four parts. And so uh, the first episode, uh, first part, part one was about my first child. This this part uh, is of my story, which is part two, is uh, going to we'll focus on my first marriage. And I tell you this so you can see where I have been and the pain that led me to this point to stand up and, like I said, do something. Um, And like I said, I, in episode one, I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was sick and tired of the state of of our country. I was sick and tired of the state of, of my home. 
I was sick and tired of the state of my environment, my work environment. Um, I just didn't have anything um, that I could look forward to or have anything that I could look to because my life looked bleak to me and not bleak as far as I was really depressed, but bleak as, okay, what am I going through all this for? And so I had to start this podcast and start Catholic Alpha Unleashed, which is my uh, video, a uh, YouTube channel, and but mainly my blog, so that my boys would know and have somewhere to go if something happened to me. And that's the problem with today is everybody walks around and nobody, especially men, and I'm and in this podcast, I talk to men. I don't talk to women. Um, there's a there there's going to be another um, show for them, but. When I talk in this podcast, I'm talking to men because we're the ones that are called to be the leaders and the for um, and the forgers of of this nation of um, of the Catholic faith of our homes and of our environment. And if we don't learn how to how to make that better and where to lead us and lead other men and our boys, then we will continue to have the things we have now. A la carte, just like. The, the current scandal in the Catholic Church. Um, well, so I'm going to get started. Um, and like I said, I tell you this these things, and these are personal things, but I tell them so that you as a man can understand where I've been and that I'm just not talking. Um, I'm telling you from experience, for the knowledge I've gained from God and Christ and the research I've done on marriage and courting and why we have to start to do things right because if we don't change, nothing's gonna change. We're gonna still be in the same place that we are now, which is what? Craziness. I was in the Air Force, um, so this is about my second marriage, my first marriage, and I was in the Air Force and uh, I loved it at first. It was something new and um, my wife, well, my wife was at uh, uh, in college, and we met at a college dance. So basically, uh, one of my girl, uh, I was dating this other girl, and she left me because she said I was too young. She was like 28, 29 years old, and I was like 18. And she, she really, really liked me, but she wanted a husband, and she thought that I <laughs> wasn't ready to get married, which... My whole life, I've been ready to be married. Um, and that's another thing about me. You will find that I love being married. I love being married because I understand, and I've under, just like as I understand, understood as a boy, that, and of course now I'm 52, but um, I understood even in my teens and in my 20s that if you're not married and you don't have a family, you're not a real man. You're not a man yet. And even then I understood that. And I think that no one really taught me that, um, or unless if they did, I, or I must have picked it up from somewhere. But that is the core of this podcast, is for men to understand, don't think that you are a real man walking out here with 20 babies by different women, and you got um, three or four women that you're trying to court, I'm not, not court, but trying to date and, and walk around with, and they don't know what's going on because real, the real fool in this is you. You're the real fool because you're the one that your life will end up alone by yourself in a nursing home at 80, 70, 60, or 50 years old. And 
no one will want to be around you. You won't have a family. You will not have created anything worth anything. And that's why you must understand. That's why God calls us as men to, we are drawn to marriage. We are drawn to one woman. We are drawn to create perfection and holiness and virtue with this one woman so that we can create saints to send back to the father. And so, um, by first marriage, like I said, we had met in the dance. And so uh, what my friends in the Air Force, they were like, Jerry, you know, let's go to this dance up at the college. And I was like, nah, man, I don't want to go. Y'all go ahead because, you know, she, you know, you know, she didn't left me. And I, you know, I was, you know, I really liked her, you know, plus she was older. And, and for some reason, I've always had the, I've always drawn older women. I don't know why, but it's been one of those things. And so they messed with me and messed with me. So finally I decided, okay, man, I'm going to go. And come to find out, it was one of the most important and greatest decisions of my life. And so we went and uh, <laughs> we're at the, the dance. I had been drinking, so I was a little tipsy. And uh, so after the we had been dancing, me and my friends had been dancing with other girls and stuff, having a really good time at the dance. Um, and I saw this woman walk by this girl. Well, at the time she was what, 24 or something. And I was like 19 or something like that. Anyway, I saw this girl walk around, walk by me and she had long black, pretty hair. She had dark, um, skin, um, and not dark as far as a black, a black person, dark. I mean, dark as far as like a, a Hispanic or native American dark. It was a dark like that and i looked at her and on the back of her shirt it said it had r-e-e-n-i-e -E -E. and i said hey reenie and she turned around automatically and looked at me and i was i was done i was done and <laughs> she said you pronounced my name right and i said i did and then from there we started dancing and before you know it you know we started dating and you know, uh, and we did all these things and we really loved each other and liked each other. We moved in together, which at the time I thought is what you're supposed to do. But now I know that was one of the things that really crushed our marriage um, because we didn't have we didn't we didn't have the church. We didn't have any kind of graces from God. Um, we had two in our marriage. We did have two children. Uh, I was married at 19 and. Like I said, the marriage was good at first. Well, I didn't say that, but I'm saying that, that the marriage was really good at first. You know, we were two happy kids and um, she started, and then things started to go on bad. I mean, uh, my, um, she started messing around on me. I would go on TDY uh, to a different uh, base or something. I'd be messing around on her. Um, it wasn't a lot of infidelity on her part or my part, but it was like once or twice or something like that. And it was horrible. It was bad. And her with, she, you know, um, what she did was, I know that I was, wasn't the man, I wouldn't be in the man she needed. And it really, I know I shouldn't say this, but really in a way it really, I found, I understand now that it, it really wasn't her fault. It was really mostly my fault because as a, you have to understand women, first of all, women don't want to mess around with another dude. If they got a husband at home and a family, they don't want to do that. But what happens is men, we act like idiots and we don't give them enough attention. We don't love them. We don't prove to them that we all in. 
and we don't show them that we truly and deeply love them with all our heart, our total self, and what happens to them as a woman, they sense that. And then we're not around, we're all over the place, then that's when you start getting married, starts going south. But the thing about it is, is it's a slow thing, not a quick thing. Um, so then we, of course, what do we start doing? We start arguing, stand up all night arguing. She's crying and I'm trying not to cry and I'm trying not to, you know, trying to make her cry. I mean, not me not trying to cry. I mean, I was trying not to make her cry. And, you know, she just was one of them ladies that she didn't really understand a lot of things because we were both so young. No one taught us anything about marriage. My parents were divorced. Her parents, her father left, her father left her mother for another woman married them they got married and started having other kids so basically her father left her mother by themselves by herself to raise my, my wife and so we really didn't have anything to understand what life is really about what marriage is about nobody even taught us and on top of that we didn't even have any kind of example of what a good marriage was to be why because our two immediate examples, our parents' marriages were crap. Hmm. Anyway, so, uh, and what would happen once we moved, and then we got out of the military, and we moved back to Indianapolis, which is our home, which is my home, my home, not her home. That's another stupid thing I did. I brought my wife and, and my family home to my house. I shouldn't have done that. And see, we're in the military, and the youth, you you dudes that been in the military, you understand completely what I'm talking about. You know, when you're in the military, you don't necessarily meet somebody that is in your hometown, unless you marry them and bring them with you, or once you're in the military, you're calling them and you go home and see them, and and that kind of um, that kind of thing. And so, what happened to uh, me was my wife was from New Mexico. And she's a Native American. And so and her family lived on an Indian reservation. And so I did the dumbest thing that a man could do. But at the time, you know, because doing our whole stint um, in, the, uh, in the Air Force, we never saw my family. We always were, you know, we were stationed near her, her family. And so we always saw her family. And so when I got out, she said, well, you know, baby, why don't we move to Indianapolis? You know, you never seen your family in 10 years and blah, 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 and all that. And so like me being selfish or really I wasn't being selfish. What I was doing was I was being doing what I thought she wanted to do, you know, because it was her idea, not mine. And so I was like, okay. And, and my wife was the kind, she loved to travel. She loved to see different things. And she liked to do all kind of different things to, to meet new people and to engage like that. And so I was like, okay, like a dummy. But I'm gonna tell you, man, that was one of the biggest mistakes of my life in my marriage. You never ever take your wife away from her mother, her sisters, her brothers, her uncles, her aunts, her family. Because when things start going bad or she's lonely or she doesn't feel like you're loving her the way she needs to be, she recluses to her mother or her family, and that's her support. Well, my family in Indianapolis is not the most engaging type of family. Well, for one thing, we were divorced. My parents are divorced. And so, you know, 
they my mother isn't the type to really engage um my family or my wife and things like that she's more of you know on her own and my father isn't that you know he is but you know he has his things he has to do and then my sister is, is like is like my mother and so um basically man that's the way it was when things started going wrong in our marriage we had no support we had nobody to turn to to help us get our marriage together and so slowly and slowly the marriage started to fail and what my wife would do she had a, a job at a united airlines and so what she would do is when we get into it real bad i'd be working and i come home from work and look walk through the door and it's everybody's gone everybody's gone in the house and i'm walking so one time she did that like two or three times when we were married once we we're in indianapolis so one time what like the first time you know i just thought oh well you know they're out or whatever and i didn't call her or nothing i i just figured you know it was i was home early and i didn't have to be home early that day and she and there was nobody there so i thought her and the kids were out you know with, with her friends or eating or something or just out you know so it got to be like seven o'clock nine o'clock ten o'clock eleven o'clock so finally i start going hold up something ain't right now i'm a little slow sometimes but <laughs> I, I kind of think, wait a minute, where's my, where everybody at? So I pick up the phone and call, and I don't get an answer. I don't call, call on her cell phone to get an answer. And so what do I do? Then I start getting worried. So I start calling around and calling around. So finally, she calls me, and I go, girl, where you at? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at home in New Mexico at my mom's house. You at your mom's house? What you at your mom's house for? You know, and she tells me, well, you didn't do this and you're not doing that. And I just don't feel this and I just don't feel that. And I'm like, would you please bring my family back and my kids back? So we went through this two or three times. And so she would come, I would, you know, I would talk her back. So she'd get on the airline, on the airplane and come on back home. Because her mother would be the type like, look, you need to get your butt back to your husband. Obviously, that's kind of how the, 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 the situation would go, the conversation would go. And... I, I just wanted her, so when she would get home, uh, we would start, we would patch things up, and we start all over again. And, but man, it never would work out long enough because God was nowhere. We didn't have any graces in our marriage. Um, we we weren't going to to mass. We weren't doing anything. We weren't doing anything but like what regular people do, atheists and people that don't love God, or even even Protestant Christians that they think they're doing what they're supposed to do, but, you know, we're in mortal sin, we're doing all this stupid stuff, we're sinning, we're not going to confession, and so we don't have any graces. The devil is more in our house than God is. And so that's kind of where we were. And we were on the verge of divorce, and so what happened is my wife, she gets sick, come to find out she gets leukemia, and once you get leukemia, she has this string of leukemia where... It's not, you know, one of those things they can really cure. They try to tell you they can cure it, but they really can't. And so that's kind of what happened. Um, she died at 35, left me with uh, my, my, uh, my two sons, our two sons together. And that was really how it went. And I had no idea of what I created as a man after my wife died. It made me really start thinking about a lot of things. 
And um, that's kind of where it ended. So that is part two of my story of why I do this. So listen to part three of my story in the next show, which will we'll talk about uh, my second marriage. <laughs> so moving on. What this show is about. I'm going to do a quick overview of the show, of what it's going to be about, and of kind of, of what we went over last show, but this will be a lot faster. So what this show is about. It's about do-it-yourself marriage and relationship help for men. So basically, my job here is to try to, to instruct you on what God is asking of us men, how we can get you to be the man God's calling you to be, so when which and what that entails, so that your life can be uh, 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 more holy and more pure, and be so that you can transfer that to your children. And believe me, man, when you're single, you don't think about this stuff. Then you get married and your stuff, your house is in chaos, and then you wonder what the heck's going on. What did I ever do this for? You did it because you wanted to be with the woman you love. You thought you wanted to create a family. Well, you did, and now things ain't working out, so what do most of us want to do? We want to get the hell out of Dodge, and you can't do that, which is what, I'm, which is what this part shows about, too, is about is showing married men how to, if you have chaos in your home, first of all, why you have chaos in your home, and second of all, how to get rid of it and the things that you can do and are not doing to, to bring peace and God and virtue and holiness into your home, okay? So, quote, I wanted to create somewhere where men could go and find answers to their problems on their own without interference from counselors, governments, therapists, and wives, a place where they could think and reflect in peace, end quote. Jerry Jacobs Jr., CatholicAlpha.com. So this show is about teaching you and encouraging you to once again become the hero of your marriage, your wife, and your children. How to take responsibility for your marriage and become the man God created you to be. And if single, how to find and choose that perfect woman, the woman of your dreams, the woman God has in store for you, the one to help you get you and your children to heaven without screwing it up. So like I said, I'm going to go through this really fast because we already covered this in, in, um, in, in the first episode. So this show will deal with three main areas. Number one, prayer warfare. This will teach you how to enter the spiritual battle daily through prayer and sacrifice, thereby protecting your family from infiltration by evil forces in your marriage, family, and home. That the battle for the lives and souls of your wife and children is a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. Like I said, there are two realms, the natural and the supernatural. You can not only engage in the natural realm and think that everything's going to be okay. Basically, if you do that, you're an atheist. Okay? Um, that only, and this is a battle that only you, the man, the husband, the father can fight. Or, and how you must enter that battle daily or face trials in your marriage and home that will cause dissent, unrest, and in many cases, divorce. If single, 
how to enter in the battle daily so that you are able to see the perfect woman when she comes. That's one thing single dudes do. You screw up, you try to have all these women, you cut her have cake, ice cream, pie, uh, you try to have candy bars, you know, bonbons and popcorn, you're trying to have all other stuff. And then when the right woman comes along, you don't see her because you're all clouding stuff. This show's about showing you how to find that woman. And then once you get the woman, how to keep her. And again, the habits once married to be able to protect and defend your wife and family spiritually. Uh, category two, the art of manliness. This era teaches you how to man up, have courage and defend Christ, your marriage, wife, and children. What the true definition of a man is as deemed by God, not the world. Why you must embrace your role as the head and leader of your family, how to release yourself and your son from emasculation and effeminacy. How to be a great example of manliness for your wife, children, environment, and society as a whole. So if you're not married and you're single, we gotta teach you how to engage in your environment, which is where, since you're not married, is just your work and uh, society, um, your friends, your extended family, and things like that. Because you have to start being the leader. Stop being a punk, stop being a wuss, and start manning up and standing for something, okay? Um, also, how, uh, what suffering and sacrifice truly is and how you as the head of your family must embrace this as Christ did if you are to have a prosperous family and lead them towards God. Number three, making love mastery. Now, this thing, this is what kills me about the society. Everybody talks about sex. Everybody, the women walking around with no clothes on. All the men walking around with no shirts on, showing, you know, their penis showing in front of their pants. Everybody's on TV having sex, screwing around. Everybody's on podcast talking about sex and this and this. Everybody in the Catholic Church in their house is talking about sex. But then, when somebody comes along that wants to teach people about what true intimacy and sex really is everybody wants to shove you know shove down like i had i'm gonna be honest i've had two people want to invite me on their podcast to talk about um to talk about catholic alpha what it's about and talk about ma masculinity and all that stuff soon as they see on my blog that i also speak about sex all of a sudden everybody's don't want to talk to me no more see that's being a hypocrite those are people that don't understand what God is really about. You have to understand about intimacy because intimacy is what sustains your marriage. Intimacy, you have to understand how to be a world-class lover for the benefit of your beloved wife because sex is the second most important thing you can do in your marriage besides prayer. Why? Because it builds closeness. It builds intimacy. It builds a long-lasting marriage. Prayer, understanding how to be a man, and understanding intimacy as God would have it is what keeps your marriage together. And I'm telling you, I'm going to call, it's just completely hypocritical how people, in the, especially in the Catholic faith and a lot of Protestants, how everybody's talking about sex, but then when it comes to really learning something about how God really want sex to be and the marital embrace everybody gets all crazy that's not me but i'm not gonna fall into that game okay i am who i am and that's what you're gonna learn on this show
So, making love mastery, number three, understanding what the true meaning of sex is. Most of us don't even understand that much. Why God created sex, most of us don't even understand that much. Why you must understand how to become a great lover for the benefit of your beloved wife, because there are wives, hundreds of millions of them, that every day want to make love to their husband, don't even think about sex. You know why? Because when they do have sex, he just thinks about himself. Bam. Anyway, that's another show for another day. Um, so next, why the marital embrace is meant for marriage only. Why you must delay your, your wants, desires, and needs in lieu of your wife's and how this leads to a greater union with God. Also, why the marital embrace takes three. God, you, and your wife, or eventually your intimacy, will become lukewarm, passionless, and infrequent. And lastly, how to involve God in your bedroom or risk sexual annihilation. So, that is that. That's the three areas that this podcast will deal with. And I hope, and I hope that you stay on board because it's going to be a rocky, lovely trip, baby. All right. So, next. What is this goal's goal for you? Again, I mean, I'm sorry. What is this show's goal for you? And again, I'm going to run through this really quick because we did this on podcast one. The goal of this show is to give you a mission and purpose. And that mission is for you as the husband, the father, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the lover in the family to become a holy lover. And what is a holy lover? It's two things. You as the man, becoming the man your wife needs, not the one she wants, the one she needs. And you have to learn what she needs through God and her, okay? Next, you becoming the man God created you to be. Stop being the wuss of the West, which is what I call men in the United States. We are completely wusses of the West. Look at our bishops, look at our priests, Look at the boy, look what how look at the men. Look at the men and how we raise our boys. Everybody has a feminine quality to them. We are not supposed to be looking and acting like women. There are two genders, man and woman. And we and we are obliged as a man not to think about only ourselves. We must consider the environment, everybody else in our environment, other boys that see us. We have to bear our cross and be a man and be a great example of a man, even when our lazy, soft, aloof butts don't want to. That is called sacrifice. And that is why you see all these boys that are running around with earrings and tattoos and pink shirts and pink ties Every and all they hear looking better than a woman walking down the street in the mirror all the time. Every time they talk to them, hi, my name is Jerry. What's your name? Ah, and talking with this high, sweet voice and stuff. We are called to be like men, like warriors. We are not called Christian soldiers, baby. Men of courage, men of honor, men of respect. And you can't be a man like that when you're walking around with tight, skinny jeans on. And wearing pink shirts and pink ties with two earrings in your ear. You are not an example of a true man of what God created you to be. 
And we have to start understanding that. And that's why I'm saying, number one, you what a holy lover is, is you becoming the man your wife needs. Two, you becoming the man God created you to be. And I call it holy lover because whole, your, our job as men is to be, is to be perfect, become holy, and become a saint. And when we strive for that perfection, we become great examples of of men and society for our boys, man. And then our daughters look at us and go, that's the kind of man I want to marry. Bam. Okay. So now number four, what will this accomplish by you becoming a holy lover? One, keep your, keep you out of divorce court. Next, to keep you outside of the annulment tribunal for those of you that are Catholic. Um, keep your family together and prosperous. Keep peace in your home. Keep your wife happy, fulfilled, and secure. Help you save your soul and the souls of your wife and children. If single, to understand your duties and responsibilities in courting, marriage, family, and society. Also to understand single is not vocation, marriage, religious life, and how to prepare for both. And how to court to find the woman God is trying to show you. Basically to find the mate that will help you that will help get you and your children to heaven. And lastly, how to learn how to fix yourself first before blaming God, before blaming your wife, before blaming your children, before blaming your girlfriend, before blaming society, before blaming the government, before blaming your friends, before blaming your parents, and before blaming your sisters and your brothers. Bam. Okay? This is how God set it up, so don't kill the messenger, and that's me. Now, how are we going to accomplish this? Number one, interviews with priests and religious, interviews with men doing it right in their marriages, Q&A email questions from you, learn how to fix ourselves at, as men first, then worry about our wife, our children, and society, the teachings of Christ Church, the Catholic faith, and six tips, checklists, and guides on how to implement these principles in your life. So, that's it. That's what the show's going to be about. I hope that you understand. I hope it excites you. And I hope you're excited about becoming the man God created you to be so that you can have peace in your home, find the woman God is meant for you to have. And then once you find that woman, if you're single or if you're married, uh, you have a wife already, how to keep them women, how to keep them happy, how to keep it so they'll be the ones that's rocking and rolling in your house while your bus at work. Okay. All right. So, so again, I want to please remind you to share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Uh, rate this podcast if listening on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email when they are out. Bam. So now we have come to uh, our rant, our radical rant of the day. Uh, and boy, I just want to say, fellas, 
we got a problem in the Catholic Church right now, don't we? Uh, we got people attacking boys, people attacking adult men, men that are going to the seminary to try to be faithful to God and try to change the world. And what do they get when they get there? And I just want to say that, you know, I'm empathetic with the homosexual plight. I really am because I understand where crosses are. You know, I've been 300 pounds, you know, uh, ever since I was a kid, I was fat. Um, and then when I grew out of it, I grew out of it in my teens. But, you know, when you get married, you know, you let yourself go again. So I blew up to 300 pounds. Well, I was at one time I was 325. Then I got down to like 260, 270. And I just kind of fluctuate between that. And it's a cross. It's a cross, man. It's, it's a cross that Christ has put on me to see if I'm going to pass the test to be holy. And that's what this life is about. Men, nobody's going to tell you what I'm telling you. This life is a, is a test. It's a test for you to be obedient to God and to understand what that means. To suffer and sacrifice for something other than yourself. And if you believe that you're going to live 100 years and you're going to die if you're a Protestant or you Catholic and you think that you're going to just go to heaven and your whole life, all you thought about was trying to please yourself, you got a problem, dude. And you're going to have a problem. And you're going to find out what hell is. And my job is to tell you the truth because I really do care about you and love you as a man. And I want you to understand that, man, people who really care about you are going to tell you the truth, no matter how hard it is on them. And I just want you to know that you have to understand what this life is about. It's about a test. Why? It's a test because you can't grow. Think of all the good things that happened in your life. Do you grow from that? No, you don't. The only time you grow and seek what life means is when bad crap start happening. When your wife dies or a child dies or you lose your job or you get evicted from your house or they repossess your car or you lose a friend or your mother dies or your father dies or you become maimed or you lose your leg or you lose your or you can't you, you become you get cancer. All of a sudden now you got you can't you got to go. You go to yourself, man, it can't really be this can't really be it. This can't really be it. So you start then you start as a man, you start thinking about. Well, when I die, I'm dying at 40 years old. This can't be it. I'm having a heart attack. Oh, God, what's going on? Man, you, you got to think about these things before you're sick, before people start dying, before you need to. Because if you don't, that means you're taking God for granted. It's presuming. You're presuming that God is going to give you all this time. And that's the thing I told my kids in my, uh, at the other day at the dinner table on Sunday. You know, yeah, you 14 and 15 years old, you 29, you're 32 or whatever. You keep on thinking, you think God's just going to keep on giving you a chance to get it right? Man, I was lucky, dude. I was lucky that I started listening to God and started listening to the Holy Spirit tap me on my shoulder about, man, you got to get this together. Because if I don't, if you don't, you're going to lose your wife. You're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your life and you're going to lose your soul. So, I'm going to go over the rent. This is part of my radical rant of the day. And it's called the cowardice of men, the cowardice of men, 
the top 21 reasons men have caused the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church and why we're not going to take it anymore. That's the bottom line. So, before I start, this will be a 21-episode series, one per show. So I did the first one in, um, in the first show, and I'm doing this one in the second show. The top 21 reasons that men are responsible. So also understand scandal, uh, understand scandal of the homosexual infiltration of the church, of the Catholic Church, was planned and is not the teaching of the Catholic Church. We must understand that the infiltration of homosexuality in the Catholic Church was planned. And that's another thing why I'm down with the plight of the homosexuals, man. It's because I feel empathetic for them, dude. Because they don't even know they're being used. They don't even understand that what they have is a cross and they have to bear that cross and man up to that and be the man God's calling them to be, dude. Be why? Because you got little boys looking up to you. You got little boys wanting to be like you. And if you're a man, that's how it's supposed to be. And dog, you got little girls looking at you to find out the kind of man they want to marry. And if you walking around not being the best man that you can be, the best example of a man, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't feel like it, there's something wrong with you. You're going to lead these little ones, these children, to the wrong area, man. We've got to be the men God's calling us to be, man, to stop punking out. And so um, in the 1920s and 30s, the communists, now I heard this, from a priest sermon the other day was which one of the best sermons I've heard. Oh man, it was so good. It was perfect of what's going on today. And a few of the things he said is in the 1920s and 30s, the communists realized they couldn't destroy America because of three main reasons. And man, y'all got to start understanding, man, all this stuff happening for a reason. Abortion, contraception, no-fault divorce, sodomy all these things have happened and been allowed to happen for a reason don't you think that it's not about the new world order if you don't know what the new world order is you better start understanding man these people are trying to steal the souls of your children and of you and your wife and your girlfriend and stuff they're trying to steal the souls man for what for power because they want to control and it is it's always about democracy and communism dude okay democracy and communism and don't think that the catholic church don't don't have nothing to do with i don't have don't think that the catholic church um is not part of that just like the muslim religion is not part of it all these things going on is to control you and power and put you in camps and bring you know destroy the society but the problem is it took them a while to figure out how to do it. And America grew and grew. So the three reasons, like I said, in the 1920s and 30s, the communists realized they couldn't destroy America because of three main reasons. One was our morality. Duh. Our morality, dude. That's why you need the Catholic faith. All you atheists, all you people that don't believe in God, all you Protestants that don't keep the word of God to the exact and become obedient and don't really understand your faith and think everything's about solo scriptura, why do you think they're attacking you? 
Why do you think they're not attacking the, the, the Presbyterians and the Methodists? These people, the devil understands that God set up the Catholic faith. It was the first church. It's Christ's church. If you don't understand that, you better get in Matthew 16, 18. Look it up. Please. They attacked the Catholic faith because we were number one. We did the way Christ wanted us to do it. He left the Catholic faith in charge. He left Peter in charge to go from the bishops, Peter, the succession, all the way down to the current Pope Francis, the one that all you love so much. Until he don't do what you want him to do, then you're going to try and punk him, going to degrade him and demoralize him and get rid of him. See, man, you, you, most of us don't realize because, you know, we're just trying to put food on our tables. We're trying to raise our children. We're trying to find the perfect woman to get married to and stuff. We don't really understand the big scheme of the world. And that's why when you're selfish and you only think about yourself, you don't really understand things when they come and when they happen. And you have to understand, man, that the wisdom of God is so great. When you allow God in your life, you start being obedient, you start understanding the supernatural world as well as the natural world, God gives you what they call, the Holy Spirit gives you what they call wisdom. And wisdom allows you to see the world for what it truly is. And if you don't understand wisdom and the fear of God, you will always be the idiot. You will always be the ignorant. You will always be the fool. The one that the, 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 the powers that be know they can pull stuff over on. And I will tell you what, they can't pull nothing over on me. You know why? Because I don't answer to them. See, they think they can take your job. See, these people, they think they can take your job. They could take away your uh, your means of, 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 of supporting yourself. Just like the priests that, that's going on now in, in the Catholic Church. These men won't stand up for nothing, man. Because they won't take a bullet for Christ. And when you stop as a man not taking a bullet for Christ, you will fall for anything. You will do anything because you're only thinking about yourself. You must understand why I say that the government can't control me. Now, as a Catholic, I have to abide by their laws because the human man law. But only when that law is just and doesn't conflict with God. See, that's another thing. You got to have your natural order right. The natural order is God, husband, wife, children, and everything else. Okay? Okay. Why? Because the family is the core of the society, even above your country, dude. Without the family, all countries eventually fall. Look it up. Okay? And you must understand this as a man, man, what your purpose is, dude. You have to understand that. And that's why the communists understood in the 1920s and 30s, they couldn't infiltrate America because we had it together, man. We had it together. The Catholic faith was, was uh, uh, had billions, uh, uh, millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people. The priests and the bishops and the pope had it together and was bringing the morality down to people, creating families and showing everybody what it was to love God because God gave this nation great graces. And what are we doing? That's why 9-11 happened because we turned our back on God. 
We allowed abortion. We've killed millions and millions of babies. And all of a sudden now, we think God is just not going to pull his grace back and let evil infiltrate this country, homosexual marriage, so-called same-sex marriage. Same thing. That has brought down nations, man. No-fault divorce, contraception. These things are against the word of God. Why? Because God built you, he created you, and he knows how this works. He knows how your body works. He knows how you work. He wants what's best for you so that you cannot only live just a measly 100 years. You can live eternal thousands of years. But you cannot live eternity with God and live after you die in the supernatural realm if you're not obedient, if you're not holy, if you're your same old crazy, selfish self. It ain't gonna happen, dude. So anyway, that's the first thing the communists understood. They couldn't get to America plus number one because of my, of my our morality. And the Catholic faith was the number one perpetrator of that for them. Number two, our devotion to family. America's devotion to family. Do you understand this pattern? I want to take over your country and get you to bow down to me, a communist. So what I do is I destroy your morality, which in turn, which, which is of God, because you get your morality comes from the creator, which is God, the natural law, the Ten Commandments. Look it up. Okay. Then what is God's main thing? God's main thing is what? The family. Why? He allows man and woman to participate in God-like acts, which is what? Creation. We don't even realize how important that God has given two things. God allows us to have the marital embrace, which, is, which allows us as men and women to understand God's true love for us. And, us, we're the, and the people that try to eliminate God from their bedroom are completely ignorant. Because when you do that, you your marriage becomes only of eroticism. And then your lovemaking is infrequent, which does what? Which, does, which takes away the closeness that your wife feels for you. Which takes away the intimacy your wife feels for you. Yeah, she's going to love you, man. But it's not the same. It's not of God like that. That's the first thing God gave us part of, of his God, sharing his God self with us, which is why we call him the divine lover. Look it up. Number five, the other thing is, is um, you have to understand that the family is a marriage and that God wants marriage first. He needs marriage. He allows you to participate in creation because creation does what? It's like him and the Holy Spirit, it's like God and Christ, their love for each other was so great that they created the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And that's what you are when you're married. That's why sex inside of marriage is only meant for that. So that because you are holy, God has given you part of his holiness, of his, of his God self. The wife and the man, they love each other so much that nine months later, they create one flesh, which is their child, which makes them all together. See how it works? 
And so what is what are the communists trying to do? America was strong in the family. And we understood that in the 1900s and the 1800s and stuff. And and for when since America was born, we understood that. So what did the communists do? They want to take it away. So one, they took our morality, which is from God. So two, they want to destroy the family. Number three, what is the third reason that God, that um, the communists had to destroy and they couldn't infiltrate America? Our love for country, patriotism, patriotism. That's why you, all you people that hate Trump, you got a serious problem. You got a serious problem. I'm not saying I love Donald Trump, but I, I understand what Donald Trump did, man. He understands communism. He understands um, um, finances. He understands how to run things, man. He only cares about making this country better for you. And the ones that are against Trump, those are the ones that are communists. They have infiltrated the, the uh, certain uh, And I'm not talking about just Democrats. I'm talking about Republicans, too. These politicians have sold their souls for power. But Donald Trump understands that, man. And nobody's going to tell you the stuff I'm trying to tell you right now. They ain't going to tell you that. Donald Trump understands patriotism. That's why he tried his best to talk to the, uh, the inner country, man, the homeland, the heartland. Because he knows there are a lot of idiots in California in these big cities like California, like LA. I mean, not, I'm sorry, California's not a city because all of Cal well, I learned this, that all of California is not liberal. So uh, LA, um, New, uh, New York City, um, these big, huge cities, he understands they've been infiltrated. But you know what Donald Trump is the kind of do? He don't even care about that, man. He cares about getting you jobs. He cares about bringing back patriotism because he understands how important patriotism, love of country is. And the communists do too. The communists do too, man. The communism is of evil, dude. And if you don't understand it, you think that battle's over, you need to get your head out of the head out of the sand and start educating yourself and get away from the football games and the basketball games and the sports bars and off the golf course and off the fishing uh off the fishing river. Okay. Now, so those are things they want to try to do. Take away our morality, take away the family, destroy the family, and destroy our patriotism. And for the since Vatican II and before, they have done a great job. Look at the state of our country. Look at the state of your man of your family. Look at the state of the, the friend, your friends' families. Everybody's getting divorced. Everybody's having problems. You got little boys that want to be homo, uh, same sex attracted. You got girls that want to be same sex attracted. You got girls and boys that defy their parents. They cuss their parents out. They call their parents names. They don't do what their parents say, which is breaking the fourth commandment. Thou shalt, they're in more, your kids in mortal sins. And you got a big problem to do with that because you as the man won't lead them right. Okay, so their morality, uh, devotion, I'm sorry. So they decided to destroy it from within by two, by two, meaning one, homosexuality in the Catholic Church to destroy morality. Okay, here's what they did. So the communists, what they, they did was they decided that they had to destroy 
The only way to kill them, because America, we're too big. We're too powerful. We got a lot of weapons and stuff. We'll nuke they butt, okay? They're scared of that. So they're doing like the Muslims are doing. That's another thing y'all don't understand. I respect the Muslims, not because I'm a Muslim. I'm a Catholic. But I understand the men in the Muslim faith, man. They willing to die for something. Are you? Now, those boys might be a little twisted, but it don't matter what they are. The problem is, the thing of it is, they have infiltrated the country, too. They have infiltrated the country just like the communists have. The Muslims have infiltrated the country because they understand this, that they want to destroy America from the inside and out. They want to, they want to implement Sharia law. The communists want to implement communism. And the only way that we can be saved, man, is you have to be willing to die for God, not your country and other things and other uh, other, other and, and men and power and money. You have to be willing to sacrifice yourself for something. And it's God first, your marriage, your wife, your children, and then your country. Those are the things you should be trying to die for and sacrifice your life for, man. If not, you become mincemeat. You become vulnerable. You become being able to be manipulated. You become a fool. Do you want to be a fool? You want to keep being manipulated? I hate being manipulated. That's why I love God, because he shows me how not to be and how to fight this. And again, the reason why these things can't control me, because I'm willing to die for Christ. I'm willing to sacrifice my life for that. And I hope that if that time ever comes, I'm the man that God needs me to be to be able to sacrifice my life for that. And if you're not willing to die for God, knowing that if you die for God, you're, you just spend eternity in heaven. Now, some of, to some of you, that sounds silly, but it's not silly, man. It's the deal. You got to understand what you're here for, man. You got to understand what you're here for. All right? All right. So, number two. What they number one, they wanted to take the home, they want to they want to infiltrate the Catholic Church. Okay? Homosexuality. They put that in the Catholic Church to destroy our um destroy our morality. Because once you allow um homosexuality in the church and in your country, the first of all, the country just starts to decline because it's un, it's it's not what God would have us do. And that's nothing against homosexuality. It's not personal, man. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. Why is it that homosexuals are the only ones in this world that don't have to carry their cross? Like me, I was uh, over 300 pounds. I had to carry that cross like an alcoholic. He has to carry his cross like someone who wants to be a serial killer. He can't serial kill people. He has to carry his cross you know, a woman that loses her mother, she has to carry that cross. You know, why are uh, uh, same-sex attracted men the only one that get a pass? Think about that. Okay, number two, after they destroyed the Catholic Church, they used radical feminism to destroy the family. They used feminism to destroy the family, which is what? Women cut all their hair off and look like dudes. Women uh, want to go out and have two and three jobs and, and have a job and have a career and stuff. They take their kids and put their kids in daycare. They have sex outside of marriage because, you know, we got to have sex too. We got, we got needs too. 
So you go out and have sex with all these dudes, you get pregnant, now you got one kid. One kid ain't enough outside of marriage. You got to have three, four, five kids because women don't realize and men don't realize that children have the right to be raised by mother and father. That's their natural right. But what do we do? You know, I'm not judging you, dude. I'm judging your actions. God's the one's gonna judge you. I'm just trying to help you not go, not go to hell, which is the, which is what, which is what we're trying to do at this. Show, one of the things we're trying to do on the show, okay? So they took radical feminism, then they they took the wife with radical feminism, and told them, and and told them that what you got to do is you got to defy your husband. Don't let him lead. He's a buffoon. He's an idiot. He don't know nothing. You only need him for sex and making some money. Now look at the family. All, you, don't even have, you don't even know how to define a family anymore. Is it two men? Is it three men? Is it two women? Is it three women? Is it a man and a woman? You know, what is it? See, the evil one wants to distort things because once, you're easy to believe, once you are easily to be manipulated, then you're, you're just easy. You're easy. I can sell you anything. Once, you, once God ain't around, once daddy ain't around, which is God, once big daddy ain't around, which is God, you easy to manipulate. You easy. You'll fall for anything. I can tell you the sky's green. And eventually, you so indoctrinated, you think it's true. So what they did, so those are the two means that they've used to and then the third, one of the third things that this I'm coming up with this is the politicians. They use the politicians to destroy to destroy patriotism. Okay, the politicians ain't for the you no more. The politicians are just for themselves, for the money and the power. That's why the Republicans and Democrats nobody trusts them no more. That's why people love Trump. The ones that love him, love him. The ones that hate him, hate him. Ain't no in betweens. And you know why? Because there's you only is only one Trump on one side or. You know, either you want your country to be great again or be about something, to prosper, to be of God, or you want to be things to keep going the same old way they're going. I can do whatever I want. I can be selfish as I want. I can do whatever I want, be who I want, act how I want to be. There's no consequences of nothing. The evil one has infiltrated your life and you don't even know it. And if you don't understand this little this little thing that I've um this little thing that I've drawn out for you, if you don't see the logic in that, man, you need to get on your knees, dude, and ask God for the wisdom to understand. Okay, there are so the, there was a um the, the priest also told um this also told this little story of, of what happened to him in seminary. Now look, man, I'm gonna tell you this little short story, man, because. You, if you don't believe anything I've said so far, believe it from a man who was there. So here's what's going on. They're in the seminary, right? Professor stands up and says, you can only, you know, uh, Martin Luther had it right. You know, Martin Luther, he's the reason you have all these Protestants. That's whether you have Methodists and Presbyterians and Jehovah's Witnesses and Baptists. You know, he's the idiot that uh, tried to destroy the Catholic Church, Christ Church. So anyway, he said, you know, Martin Luther, he had it right because Martin Luther, he was a priest in the Catholic Church and he got manipulated too by the pirates that be. So that led to, you know, that's why, you know, Calvin uh, had Calvinism and uh, all he, which is, the, I think he's the dude that created Baptist, the Baptist and all that stuff. Anyway, it don't even matter. Um, so the, the, the professor stood up and said, 
you know, here's what, here's the thing. Martin Luther had it right, but he did it the wrong way. He went outside the church and he separated from the Catholic church. So he really didn't change nothing. What he did, what he should have done was fought inside the church. You can't change the church outside the church. You can only change the church inside the church. And so we ain't leaving. Now, who is we? We are the homosexuals. We are the radical feminists. Destroy all the nunneries. Destroy all the seminaries. When you do that, you destroy the, the morality of people, the morality of the country, the morality of families, the morality of, of the nation, the morality of the world. See, man, y'all don't even understand what's going on because you're too busy distracting yourselves from other things with other things. They don't mean nothing. Okay? So that is a, from a priest that was in the seminary in the 80s when they taught this stuff. That's why you have what you have today. You have the 2002 and the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church, and everybody's all up in arms about it. The lady in the Catholic Church, which is the regular people, we are, most of us, a lot of us understand what's going on. But you ones are outside, you know, we ain't going to talk about, we ain't going to talk about, you know, if, if, if the Catholic Church been infiltrated, don't you think your little organization's next? Your job? You know, look at the schools. Every four out of eight, um, at every four out of uh, four to eight out of ten children in their thirteen years in public schools gets molested. And you dogging out priests? Sure, the priests are held to a much higher standard, but so aren't teachers. See, man, we got to get clean our own house. We got to clean our own house before we start trying to clean, trying to judge other people. But what you got to do is get your act together. So, and be with God so that you can clean all this mess up. Okay. Another thing, there are many Judases among us. You know who Judas was? He was one of the 12. He's the one that, he's the one that betrayed Christ. Okay. And got him crucified. You don't want there's a saying in the Catholic faith. You don't leave Christ for Judas. And what that means is because there's one bad apple in, in, in the, in the Catholic faith, you don't leave the church. You don't leave Christ for them because Christ started the Catholic church. Christ started Christianity, Christ, Christianity, duh. Okay. He told us what to do and told us where to start, told us what church to be part of. Okay. So what do we do? Soon as things start going bad, we have no, we have no men. We have no feeling of sacrifice. And so what do we do? We start leaving the church. We go start our own church. Does that sound familiar? Judas was a screw up. We got a uh, priest in the um, in the in the Catholic Church destroying, trying to destroy God's church and trying to destroy the Catholic faith, trying to destroy Christianity. And what do we do? We leave the Catholic faith like Martin Luther and we go start Baptist, start the Baptists. Or even worse than that, you got, there's not, there's so many churches, they, they call them, look, there's the Baptist church, there's the Presbyterian church, the Methodist church, Jehovah's Witness, right? They don't even start going to them no more. They start their own church to the church. It's over 30 or 40,000 denominations. See how crazy it is? You know, it's all this going on and it's never going to stop because everybody thinks they know better than what Christ told them to do. It's called disobedience. Okay, why don't you leave Judas 
and, and why don't you leave Christ for Judas? Because Judas leaves you to hell. The dude committed suicide. And if you any kind of Christian, any kind of Christian, you understand what suicide means. That sends you where? To hell. They've been trying to say that we, in the Catholic Church now, they've been trying to say that Judas ain't in hell. See how crazy people are? He betrayed Jesus, turned Jesus over, over to the, the Romans to get crucified. And then after that, he was such a punk, couldn't, couldn't uh, own up to what he did wrong. He wouldn't hung himself. Come on, man. You got to understand this crap going on. We must fight within the church. This is how Christ demands it. So let's get started with number two of the top 21 reasons that men are responsible for the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church. Before each number, I will read a quote directly from the document containing Cardinal um, Carlo Maria Vagano's statement so that you understand the gravity of this situation and move to destroy and speak out against it in your environment, which is the church, your marriage, family, society, and work. So here we go. Now, this is, this is you know, these quotes are a little off the chain, man. So, you know, if you can't, if you weak-minded, I mean, not weak-minded, I'm sorry. If you can't handle it or your children listen, um, you got to, you know, be able to direct them, okay? So here you go. Quote, Father by Father um, Vigano. Quote, Father Ramsey, who had been a professor at the Diocesan Seminary in Newark from the end of the 80s until 1996, affirms there was a re reoccurring rumor in the seminary that the archbishop shared his bed with seminarians, inviting five at a time to spend the weekend with him at his beach house. And he added that he knew a certain number of seminarians, some of whom were later ordained priests for the Archdiocese of Newark, who had been invited to his beach house and had shared a bed with the archbishop. End quote. Cardinal Archbishop um, Degano concerning Cardinal McCarrick. There are no certain, these are in no certain order. So, um, so number one, we talked about, uh, we talked about in, in podcast number one of the top 21 reasons that men are responsible for the current 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church, which is just not a scandal, as I've explained, it's just not a scandal in the Catholic Church. It's a scandal for our nation. Okay. Okay. So number two, the number two reason is we, as we allow, we as men allow the men in the Catholic church, popes, cardinals, bishops, priests, and deacons to water down, dilute the teaching of Christ and his church. This quote is a great proof. Um, the quote I just read by Cardinal, uh, by, by Cardinal Vigano has to be, uh, this proof, this quote is a great proof that this has to do with homosexuality, sodomy, straight out. Um, stop trying to confuse and manipulate me and other men in this country and in the church uh, that the faithful and around the world, that this is about pedophilia and it's a difference between the two. There, listen, they trying to get you to say that it's all about pedophilia. And I'm telling you, man, it, it, pedophilia, homosexuality is the same. You want to put your private parts somewhere it's not supposed to be, okay? That is homosexuality, that's sodomy, that they have destroyed nations and upon nations, okay? So 
This is a disorder, and what does that mean? Okay, it means that the person is lacking something from God. Anytime we have a disorder, you know, uh, food or uh, sex or uh, homosexuality or, you know, we, we're drug acts or whatever, there's something that is a disorder which is deficient of God. That's really simple. It's nothing personal against um, same-sex attracted people. It's nothing personal against people that, that, that love that gluttonous people. It's nothing personal. It's just what the psychiatrists and the church have decided this is what it is. Although the psychiatry people have decided that they're going to change their manual about what homosexuality really is. Why? Because they sold out. Anyway, that's a whole other story for another day. Nothing personal, but it's the truth. Get mad, don't kill me, kill God, if that's what you think, okay? Um, this is why the Catechism of the Catholic Church calls um, homosexuality, calls it such. It calls it a disorder. That's all it is, okay? Basically what that means is the church feels sorry and empathetic towards the plight of homosexuals. We want homosexuals in the Catholic faith, okay? But you can't come into the Catholic faith trying to sleep with the priests, sleep with the little boys, trying to take other men out on dates and stuff. That's not being obedient. That's not sacrificing yourself. That's not being, that's not, that's not suffering and sacrificing and being the man of God, dude. You got to be the man that God is calling you to be, okay? So you can't come into Catholic church. We accept any man in the Catholic faith. Why? Because it's, 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 it's of Christ. It's of God, man. It's what we're supposed to do. But as a, I'm, a, I'm a heterosexual dude. I have a wife and children. But I can't come in the church trying to sleep with all the women. I can't go and, and, and uh, go and take a, a, a Eucharistic minister who's a woman and take her in the back in the altar and try to have sex with her in the church. You see what I'm saying? This is not personal. Dude, this is business. You know, we have to be the men and the women that God is calling us to be so that we can spread morality and keep from being manipulated and keep communism out of the out of our out of the church and out of the faith. Man, we're trying to save the world, dude. We're trying to save souls. We're not trying to save countries. But by saving by saving souls, you do save countries. OK. Um. Like I said earlier, homosexuality is a cross to bear, just as Christ had to bear his cross. Homosexuality is a cross, just like Christ had his cross. We have we have to fight that. I have to if I'm an alcoholic, I gotta fight alcoholism. My question is and always will be, I went over that. Um so another thing I gotta ask is in that quote he said that the, the Archbishop McCarrick had priests come over to his beach house. My question is <laughs> What is a bishop doing with a beach house, dude? Whatever happened to the vow of poverty? You know, my wife told me that archdiocesan priests, they don't have to take a vow of poverty, only priests that belong to orders. And that's craziness. You, If a priest, if he's trying to, if he has ambition to get money and to, and to build beach houses and build penthouses, man, how is he not paying attention to his flock? How is he not leading his children? How is he not emulating Christ? Fellas, we gotta under, we gotta stop this madness. We have to understand our job as men, dude. Come on, what is this man doing with a beach house? He should be out serving the poor and directing his priests and deacons to be out serving the poor and being charitable. 
Not in a beach house, man. Look, I know as a man, the pursuit of money changes things. We all know that if your if your one of your main goals is money, it changes your objectivity. Um, it encourages priests to seek power and esteem. The pursuit of money in, 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 um, encourages them to seek power and esteem. With the infiltration of the church, they realized they had to generalize and remove certain things from the word of God and the tradition of the church. Look, we had to, they, the, the powers that be understood, the communists understood that they had to make the priests and threaten the priests and the bishops and the cardinals with, I'm going to send you to Siberia. You know, if you don't do what I say, because every, every time a priest in the church speaks out against this craziness, and don't you think there aren't good priests who have spoken out against this stuff over, this, over the decades, but what do they do? They bury them. They bury them. They put them in, um, they put them in, in, in Siberia, or they put them in some little real, and I love small towns, so don't be tripping on me. Uh, they take them and put them in some small, small town with 200, with 200 inhabitants. And buried so that they can't, so that they their teachings of the real word of God can't be spread. Okay? The problem is, I don't care where they send you as a priest or as a, a, a religious, your job is to be obedient to God. Your job is to say, okay, if you want to send me to Siberia, I guess I'm just going because I'm not going to stop teaching the real word of Christ. Because if the priests don't teach the real word of Christ, what happens? The faithful start to get immoral. They start to do whatever they feel is right. They start to do whatever. And you Protestants, it's the same way. Look at your pastor. If he stood up this Sunday and started talking about, you know, everybody's going to heaven, you'd look at him like he was crazy. Wouldn't you? Of course you would. Okay? Um, so let me see. We which is the Catholic Church are the number one are number one and they knew that if they got us that all the other Protestant churches would be easy breezy. I talked about that, okay? One lady was responsible for bringing 1200 homosexuals in, infiltrating the Catholic Church, okay? 1200. So I'm telling you if you, if that right there this is just one lady. If that doesn't prove to you that this was a plan, man Okay, okay. By 1953, the communists had four bishops in the Vatican, and they were all homosexual. Okay, so what did they start doing? When you're a bishop, you have all these powers. You can you can tell people they can't come in your diocese. No, they can come in. You know, you know how many churches are in a diocese? There are a lot of them. So basically, they said they can tell they they're in charge of the training of the money. They're in charge of the money. They're in charge of who who gets uh, bought in, who gets ordained as a priest. They're in charge of who they're in charge of everything that has to do with the church. Their power is 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 basically unlimited. So if, if you got four homosexuals that are that, that become cardinals and bishops in the in the Vatican, what are they doing? They're in charge of stuff. If you go to confession with that with that with that bishop, he's gonna tell you, and you know as a man, man, I got a problem here, Christ, because the priests are responsible for emulating Christ. So what happens is you um, you know, you know, you have a problem as a man and you're going to the Christ to say, Christ, would you please direct me in the proper way to get off of this cross? Okay. So also by 1953, like I said, they had four bishops in the Vatican. 
they changed the mass from Latin to Norris Ordo. Okay, the Latin mass, Latin is the the is the is the thing of the, if the language of the church. It's just a powerful uh, language language of the church, and you know how powerful it is. It is so powerful. It's what the exorcists use to exercise people. They don't use English to exercise people. They use Latin. Why? Because this is a sacred language. Okay. They they so they took out the Latin mass and put in an English mass. It's called the Novus Ordo, which changed all the traditions of the mass, which then corrupted the people. Okay. They stopped giving confession. And from that, like in the church I was in before I went to the church I go to now, the, the parish, you had to, to get a confession, you had to schedule it. Now, if I got a, a mortal sin, I got to, and I need to go to confession, which is fast as I can, or I'm going to hell. I got to, first of all, to get a confession at this church, I got to go find a priest, which we all know how hard it is to get a hold to a priest these days. You got, I got to call him three or four times. I got to email him three or four times. I got to, I got to speak to his, to his, his watchdog, his secretary to try to get to him. You all know how hard that is to say, I want a confession. Nobody's going to do that on a regular basis every month. Nobody's going to do that. They stopped preaching about hell. The men in the Catholic Church, the priests stopped preaching about hell. And look, like I said, and the ones that did preach about it, they were, they were, they were, uh, they were ostracized. They were, you know, they got, they got on them. They started burying them to different places and stuff, getting rid of them. They don't kick them out the church. They just move them somewhere where their influence is not as great. Okay. They stopped preaching about purgatory. They start what you know, purgatory is you make it to heaven, but you still got a lot of uh, sins, a lot of uh, um, impurities in your soul that God has to, uh, that God has to um, purify from you before you can be with him in the beatific vision. They stopped preaching about abortion. Okay. When they allowed, when they allowed abortion, uh, in 1973, you didn't hear nothing from the from the bishops. Okay, when the when the Catholic Church don't speak out on stuff, people start they just do what they want to do. Okay, um, they stop preaching about abortion. You got what seventy? I don't know how many million babies been killed. You know, we all know about that from the uh, from the the parent Planned Parenthood scandal. Um, also, they stop preaching about sodomy. Okay. They they stop preaching about the sanctity of marriage, so marriages ain't marriage don't mean nothing now. Okay, it, it's not important. They stop preaching about contraception. Contraception led to abortion. Contraception led to women giving their bodies away to men who don't care about them really. Contraception led to feminism. Okay, all right. Look, and if you don't understand this stuff, I'm saying or agree with it, I don't even really care. Because why? I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, beholden to you. I'm beholden to Christ. If you mad, get mad at him. And, and not just that. Look at the world. Look at this country. Look at the study of the family. If you if you don't think this stuff I'm talking about is real, just look at the look at the the consequences of these things that haven't been taught by our church. Okay. I love the Catholic faith. I really do. I have the utmost respect for priests. Matter of fact. When before I was, I'm a convert. So um, the first time I ever went to any Catholic church was with my wife. And before then, I would see priests and nuns 
um, in the street and I would just be respect them so much. You know why? Because priests and nuns has said, I'm giving my life away for something other than myself. You got to respect that. So that's why I love priests, man. And I love nuns and, and bishops and deacons and stuff because man, they are better people than me. The ones that's doing it right. You got to give them their props on that. And so that's what I'm saying, man. I love priests, but I don't like the ones that ain't doing what being obedient to God, man, that lead the flock the, the wrong way. It ain't right. And we got to speak out as men from now on, no more holding back. Okay. Also, they stopped preaching about the natural law, the Ten Commandments. When's the last time you went to a, a Catholic church and heard them talk about the Ten Commandments? Come on, man. They stopped preaching about mortal sin. For those of you who don't understand mortal sin is, mortal sin is sodomy. Mortal sin is adultery. Mortal sin is taking the Eucharist without, with, uh, without being in grace with God. Mortal sin is killing somebody. Mortal, these are mortal sins, which means that if you die with a mortal sin on your soul, you go straight to hell, you don't collect $200, and you don't pass go. And they stop preaching about these things, so people think, I can miss church on Sunday, which is a mortal sin. If you miss church on Sunday without a good reason, that reason has to be be sick, that's a mortal sin, and if you die that day, you're going to hell. And they don't preach about that no more. Why? Because they don't want people, they want to water down the faith. They don't want you to know. To destroy your morality. To infiltrate the United States. Come on, baby. Okay? Um, they stopped preaching about confession and changed the name to reconciliation. My wife said the other day, what the heck does reconciliation mean? Oh, it's confession. Nobody knows that. Okay? You have to go to confession to get mortal sin off your soul so that you can be in grace with God, okay? They stopped preaching about the rosary. The rosary is what the Blessed Mother, Mary, told us to do, to pray the rosary. Because it purifies you as a man. It, it protects your family. It, makes, it helps make your wife happy. It makes you be able to sacrifice for your wife and for your marriage. The rosary is your spiritual battle weapon as a man. And if you don't use it, your wife and your, your wife is going to be hectic. Your life and your home are going to be unpeaceful. If not today, eventually, and then if not, it'll be a lackluster marriage. You'll take it or leave it. You need the rosary. You need God, man. Please listen to what I'm trying to say. Anything to do with the fear and wisdom of God has all been deleted in the mass and homilies. Anything that has to do with, I remember I talked about wisdom and the fear of God. The fear of God doesn't mean, oh, I'm scared of God like that. The fear of God means you respect God, that you understand that he's your creator and you want to please him and you don't want to disappoint him as a man. Why? Because he's the one that helps you protect your church, protect your home and your family. And if you're a single person, it helps you do right by your girlfriend, not sleep with her and abuse her and use her up and steal her purity. God helps you do those things. He helps you find the woman to marry, to, make, to help you make holy and get your kids to heaven, to bless your marriage, man, to make you a real man, to give your life for something other than your own selfish self. Okay? Why? Why did they stop doing this? To destroy the Catholic faith, thereby destroying morality in the United States. Don't you hate being manipulated? 
And what did the lady men do in the Catholic Church? What did we do with all this stuff? We just sat back. We just sat back, sat fat and happy, like fat and happy campers going to the golf course, going to the basketball games, going out for a drink at the sports bar, going to hang out with our friends, sitting in mass and crossing our arms because we don't care about Christ. That's what we did. We said, oh, don't worry. We let our kids go out and, and sleep with other people. We let our kids go to these schools and not try to make sure the teachers are doing right by our kids. These darn counselors trying to manipulate our kids and destroying our family and stuff. We just sat back. We sit back. We don't say nothing. We don't do nothing. Well, if that's what they want to do, if that's what they want to do, that's what we do. It's terrible. We are a pitiful excuse for masculinity and it's time that we stand up and start understanding that we are more than creatures god created us more to be a creatures we are a creature of god but we are the highest creature of god we're not a dog we're not a bird we're not a bear we're not a we're not a cat we are a human person and we need to start acting like that and being using christ to be the man, to as an example of how to be the man that we are supposed to be in the eyes of God so that we can take back this mess and tell these people they can kiss our butt because the men in the Catholic Church are back. The men in Christianity are back, and we ain't going to take no more of this stuff. You can put us in jail. You can destroy our income. You can take our – you can just – uh Come and infiltrate and do whatever you want to to us. We don't care because we ain't beholden to you. We beholden to God. And we'll die for God. And when we do that, you can't control us. And if you're a man and you ain't beholden to God, you can't be controlled. That's why when some dude goes, he's a billionaire, he goes bankrupt, he jumps off the nearest bridge he can find. Why? Because he's answer, he thinks his life is over. He thinks, he's, he thinks everything is over. And that's what they do. He doesn't realize that God was using it as a test to let you know that you need God. That's why you lost all your money. Because you got your britches got too big and you thought you was the man. That's why death is that's why death cures everything. See, you one of these old billionaire dudes, you 60, 75 years old, and you trying to control everybody, but guess what? Now you're getting sick. Now you got arthritis. Now, you know, you can't lift your arm like you used to. You can't have sex like you used to. You couldn't do, you can't do none of that now. Because your body's breaking down, which means eventually you're going to be in the casket. And it's time for us as men to start realizing that is what's going to happen to us eventually. And we got to stop playing around that this life ends eventually. And you got to be you got to answer to somebody. I don't care if you Bill Gates. I don't care if you Oprah Winfrey. I don't care if you Jim Soros and you got a billion, two billion 36 billion, whatever, how much money you got. But guess what? Eventually it all comes to an end and you can't take it with you. And what do most of y'all do? You rationalize, you rich people. And I got nothing against rich people because I wish I was rich. But you rationalize that I got to create something before I die. 
so that I had a man talk to me the other day about that. I got to do this. I'm 70, 80 years old, and I got to still do this and do that. But don't even entertain the thought of God. Eventually, it runs out, son. And right now, the devil has infiltrated you and your wife and your children and your family. That's all I'm going to say. What do you think? Send your questions to Radical Questions at CatholicAlpha.com. And again, remember, share the podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email. Have a question again? Email it at RadicalQuestions at CatholicAlpha.com. Conclusion, as we always do, we will end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI. Quote, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So, go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare. For battle. Thank you, Christian soldier, for listening in today. Remember, Catholic Alpha Radical is designed to repair, ignite, and once again spark the fire back into your marriage or relationship. So, what's your next action step? One, share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Two, rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Three, subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email now.